When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's showtime. Podcasts are the best, except for when they're not. Come to think there's really just a handful that don't suck. And that's where we come in. Podcast reviews like Hollywood Commander and Kevin. W-A-T-P. W-A-T-P, everybody. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts? The only podcast that contains more Michael Rappaport drops than it does original content. You're not charismatic. I'd like to uh, welcome our guest host today. Kevin is back. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Out there in Podcastville. You can visit us at whoarethese.com, our Facebook page, or on Twitter at whoarethesepod. Email the show, show at gmail.com. We're always looking for podcast suggestions. Also, we encourage our listeners to give us a five-star review on iTunes, but then in the comment section, you can shit all over us. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Today, we'll be reviewing a podcast called The Stuttering John Podcast. This was a suggestion from multiple listeners who asked us to review this show. Kevin and I have both listened to it separately. We have not discussed it beforehand. So without further ado, let's get into it. Stuttering John show. What'd you think, Kevin? Uh, well, you know, Stuttering John is a guy I haven't really thought about in a lot of years. Right. Uh, being a long Stern show listener, he left a long time ago and I uh, never really quite paid attention to what he was doing. But this show, in a nutshell, is just him. It's just bad bad feelings from him like for whatever an hour and a half all right i'm gonna, just him i'm gonna set this up i want to if there's people out there who don't know why stuttering john is a thing i'm just gonna go real quick through what that is starting off with classic stuttering john when he was on the howard stern show he was the guy who they would send off to the red carpet events and different things to interview celebrities and ask ridiculous questions one of my favorite moments of all time is this. Here's the setup. I have maybe the greatest piece of tape you'll ever hear. Oh, are we talking about the Ringo Starr press conference? Did you hear any of it? No. I've only heard what they had on the news. It was a huge press conference yesterday for Ringo Starr and Joe Walsh and stuff. And Stuttering John, I heard 
a majority of the press conference, the stuttering John asked two questions, and it was real funny. Uh -huh. And I went home, and I didn't know, and none of us knew, but we rolled tape on it anyway. John got to a third question. All right, so that sounds like shit, but uh, they're talking about the fact that he was at the Ringo Starr press conference. This has to be in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, that would be my guess, yeah. Yeah, so this is when Stuttering John was uh, full-time with Howard Stern. You hear Jackie laughing, and this is this is going old school. This yeah. is his greatest accomplishment, Stuttering John's greatest accomplishment of all time, talking to Ringo Starr. Yeah, all right, it's kind of a fun question. Um, what did you do with the money? What money? Uh, uh, the money that your mom gave you for singing lessons. Oh! <laughs> oh, this is the worst thing. <laughs> Dude, this was one of the greatest jokes of all time. Uh, so funny. So that's what Stuttering John was known for. He would go out and ask ridiculous questions. He'd go up to celebrities and say, uh, who are you and why are you famous? Which pisses people off to no end when you're a celebrity. Yeah. Eventually, though, people would recognize him. They'd know it was Stuttering John from Howard Stern, and he wasn't able to get into these uh, events. They, they wouldn't accept his press credentials. So he just became a bit character on the show that really didn't have a role on the show for Howard Stern, other than he was just kind of a guy in the back office who would rip on Gary or, or you know, just bring shit up that he heard from Scott the Engineer and come into the studio and mix things up. And then, you know, obviously he was fodder for all of the people on the show, but he didn't really have anything going on. We should probably qualify it that he used to stutter. That was like well, you, you heard know, it in that reason. clip. Yes, he he was definitely a nervous Nelly. Yeah, yeah. He was not comfortable talking to celebrities and asking them ridiculous questions. He stayed around on Howard Stern's show for a while, and then eventually he got his big break, quote unquote. Jay Leno hired him to be the announcer for the Tonight Show. I have just some quick clips just to bring us back. He did audition tapes. Using Scott the Engineer Howard Stern, so of course they saved these tapes to, to play them later on the show. And this is uh, the, the Stern cast going back and listening to this guy's audition tapes to be an announcer for The Tonight Show. I mean, that's a, that's a ridiculous job for a stutterer. But yeah, uh, <laughs> he definitely did not deserve it. Listen to this. It's The Tonight Show with Jay Leno featuring Kevin Eubanks and The Tonight Show Band. And me, I'm Stuttering John. Tonight, Jay welcomes Pamela Anderson, Harrison Ford, <laughs> the music of Stained. And oh, I f***ed it up. I didn't, have, I, didn't, I didn't want to do the same. Is that too over the top? <laughs> so this is him auditioning for this job with Jay Leno. You heard him pronounce Pamela Anderson's name wrong. Pamela uh, Anderson. <laughs> they, they keep playing that part over and over again, and Artie's just losing his shit. Tonight, Jay yeah. welcomes Pamela Anderson, Harrison Ford, <laughs> Every time. the music of Stained, and... I f***ing f*** it up. Give me a band, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, I already did Simon Garfunkel. You can't think of a Simon band? Simon Garfunkel. <laughs> um, so my favorite clip from when they were goofing on his auditions is when he tries to say Nicolas Cage. Do you remember this, Kevin? I do. Okay. Yes, I do. Well, one more clip and then we'll get into his podcast. And me, I'm Stuttering John. Tonight, Jay welcomes Nicholas Cage, <laughs> Kate Hudson, and comedian Greg Giraldo. And now, Jay Leno! Yeah, John, let's 
Listen, I got your tape. Now, how did oh, Greg Giraldo get on my show? Listen, you, you, you said can't the, say the nigger word. You said the N-word in your tape. <laughs> you said no, nigger. Sorry, I'm Listen, sorry. John, I got the joke tape. That was very funny. Yeah, no, that, can you do a real Maybe enough? that's what he meant by over the top. John, John, do you think you could say Nicholas? <laughs> Nig. Er. Wise. That's better. Why don't you just go? Uh, and my tongue! Sound it out. Nay. All right. So that's the the uh, arty era of Stern when it was good. And those yes. guys uh, having some fun with that. All right. So that, that sets it up. That's who Stuttering John is. Stuttering John went to The Tonight Show. Jay Leno, obviously is no longer on the show. The whole staff is gone. And John, being a talentless hack, was left with nothing to do. And now he just started a podcast where it's him talking to his iPhone for 50 minutes. And that's all it is. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a very hard listen because it's it's only there's only what six episodes so far. Yeah. And you could tell he's learning as he goes because I was looking at their like the web page for the show and they're all like named incorrectly. Right. <laughs> it's not there's no consistency at all. This one was episode four, but there was another episode that was called episode four. They have no idea what they're doing. They keep changing the name of the podcast. I think it's called the Stuttering John Podcast, but I don't even know. Do you have a Do you have a clip that you want to play that maybe sums up the show for people so we can well, finally get you into could it? Start out, yeah. Just start out with clip one because okay. I this is like right off the bat. Like if you're going to broadcast or whatever, I'd use that in air quotes, but yeah. if you're going to talk in a microphone and make a show out of it, clear your fucking throat before you do so. Welcome to the Stuttering John Podcast. How are you, my friends? <laughs> That's the first thing he says. You could easily yeah. go back and fix that. Like, all right, it's, let me start that again. It sounds like the goldfish from Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> goldfish are, oh. <laughs> all right, Pee Wee. <laughs> all uh, right, I actually have the same clip, but I go a little bit further because I want to point something out. Welcome to the Stuttering John Podcast. How are you, my friends? That's right. I'm trying to get on a on a daily schedule. Every Tuesday, I will I will record my podcast, and uh, hopefully, you'll enjoy it. Every Tuesday, he's going to record his podcast. That's not a daily schedule. That's yeah. a weekly schedule. That's, yeah, that's called weekly. Yeah. That's called weekly. Every Tuesday. <laughs> Holy shit. He's, he Every talks Tuesday, about... I'll talk about Pamela Anderson and Nicolas, <laughs> and Nicolas Cage. Cage. He, uh, he talks about... That's the other thing about this show, Kevin, is that the reason why Stuttering John was even employed by Howard is because he had a stutter. Right. He doesn't stutter. So what's the fucking point? He's just a boring person talking uh, yeah, to his iPhone. Exactly. Um, he, ta- he starts off the show plugging the book that he's writing. Or maybe he's already written it, or I don't know. But he talks about this chapter in his book. It's about, of course, Howard Stern, because what do you want to read about from Stuttering John, not the boring people in his life, the celebrities that he knows. And I just don't think this is a good way to promote a book that you want people to buy. I was uh, doing my chapter on uh, Howie's single life. (laughs) You know, talking about when, um, about how we first found out about Howard's divorce and and then the girls he had after. There's stuff in there I'm probably going to have to take out because I'm going to get sued, but it's true. So, all right, I have this whole chapter about that that period of time when Howard was single 
where he was having all these girls like, oh, okay, I, I want to know who those girls were and what was going on. I'll probably have to take it all out. Uh, well, uh, okay, then why would I buy your book? Well, exactly. What a selling buy- point is that? <laughs> So many fucking people are writing books now. Like he talks a lot about that. Like yes. all these, everyone's got a goddamn book coming out. Fucking Casey, fucking Armstrong. <laughs> Casey has Armstrong a has a book coming out. Yeah, Ugh. I know. I, I have some shit about that. He talks about he's pissed at everyone. He's pissed at Artie Lang. Very pissed at Artie Lang. Yeah. He's pissed at Anthony Cumia. He's been on Anthony's show a few times. He was he was out I think with Artie and Anthony. But this I thought was interesting. He's talking about how Anthony Cumia is writing a book, and he's goofing on the fact that Anthony would write a book. Anthony's <laughs> coming out with a book, I see. What is it called? You know, he, you know, instead of Moby Dick, just call it Dick. You know? <laughs> I mean, because it, and I don't even know. I don't know. Uh, is he that popular? I mean, I'm not saying I am, but at least I was on a national show for fucking 15 years. I mean... Isn't he just a local? I mean, wasn't he a local DJ? I, I think he might have been on two or three markets, maybe New York and Boston, maybe Philly. I don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Stuttering John saying Anthony Cumia isn't famous enough to write a book. It's Anthony from the Opie and Anthony show. It wasn't Howard and Stuttering John. He was a fucking bit character on Howard Stern's show. And he goes, oh, wasn't he a local DJ who was in those three markets? He was on... XM Radio, you fucking idiot. Serious XM. <laughs> do you know what satellite radio... Do you know who gets satellite radio? Everyone. Everyone who subscribes to it. <laughs> the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah, I don't... He, he does a lot of that um, where he kind of tries to put himself kind of above... Like, he's putting down everybody and then he's like, yeah, but I love you, I love you. And right. it, it's really weird to me because... At some point, and I don't know if this is just because whatever, he's from fucking Staten Island or Long Island or whatever, but he sounds like Dice. <laughs> Staten I, Island or Long Island or one of yeah. those islands. One of those fucking Jekyll islands. Jekyll Island, one of those island. islands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he sounds like uh, Dice. Right. You know how like he's got like, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out if he's trying, if he's doing it on purpose or if that's just how he fucking talks now. Yeah. Um, but God, I got so many. I have a lot of clips. For me, I have a lot of fucking clips. You do. Um, yeah, he's got. So play number two. This is just him, kind of. I don't know. Uh, talking more about like how people are putting him down. Okay. When you say I'd be nothing without Howard, now that may be true. I mean, he gave me my start. Okay. So so he's got he's got this thing. He needs to prove himself. His entire podcast is devoted to proving his own worth because he was hired as this dummy who stutters. That's why he's famous. And unfortunately, Jay Leno hired him for a job he wasn't qualified for, and now he's delusional. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Dude, he is so delusional. And I, I'm sure you and I have very similar clips that go through him proving to the world that he deserves to be famous and he's very talented. Yeah, God, God. Yeah, so if you play my track three, um, he does a lot of name dropping, which then he calls out other people for name dropping, which is fucking hilarious to <laughs> okay. me. Okay, all right. They don't know that I write jokes. I've wrote, <laughs> I've written for Jay Leno for 10 years. I've written for 
you know, the, I was the head writer of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar roast. And- yeah, I have that one too. <laughs> I love how far that drops off. I wrote for Jay Leno. I was a writer for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar roast. Like that fucking, <laughs> that went down quick. <laughs> yeah, there, I have one. I have a clip here. It's called Depression Scale. If you start, it's number 10, and, okay. and it goes through. It's really funny, like the highs to the bottom fucking lows of okay. his career. Because um, I went through depression. You know, after you come off the Stern Show, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. The Tonight Show, you know, the Criminal Jabaros, the Stephanie Miller Show, Bite Size TV, you're on all these shows, and then suddenly, like, you're not working, you get depressed. Yeah, I would bet. <laughs> I would bet you fucking crash back to earth and realize you're a nobody who has no talent. Yeah, it's got to be tough. It's I the wanna... sharpest drop off since fucking Bitcoin. It just like, <laughs> like right, it just fucking plummets. I want to go back real quick to uh, what he was talking about. How he was a joke writer. He throws out there that he wrote jokes for Jay Leno and Jeff Ross and the head writer for this roast and. Was there any evidence during this show? We listened to 50 minutes of him talk. Was there any evidence that he could write a joke, Kevin? Oh, no. I mean, it's it's case in point of when he was talking about Anthony, and he goes, uh, yeah, you're going to write a joke, uh, write a book. Uh, just call it Moby Dick. Don't, or, or don't call it Moby yeah. Dick. Uh, call it Dick. It's right. Like, uh, so, so that was an attempt at a joke. Here I have, this is at the very end of his show. This is his big joke in the show, and it is such a fucking hack joke. I mean, I got a tweet the other day saying, the guy, I mean, this woman was like, you're an asshole, you suck, I've always hated you. And that was from my mother. Oh, so he realized he didn't set it up right, so he had to go back. He's like, this guy, oh, no, no, this woman, okay, I got it, all right. This woman says, you suck, I hate you. And I was like, come on, mom, right? Like, everyone's done that joke. That's not a good joke. And actually, I, I want to go back to him talking about Anthony Cumia's book because he talks about what the tentative book title is, and then he's ready to riff. He is going to crush it. What is it, fucking uh, permanently suspended? I don't know. Speed. Uh, there's so many I could do. I don't want to get him too upset, though. Epic fail. I love that he goes, oh, yeah, the name is uh, permanently suspended. Uh, so uh, it was like a chip moment. Die, <laughs> Okay, what's the joke? What do you got? He goes, I don't want to piss him off. I got so many things I could say, but I'm not going to do it. Just just one, John. Just give us one. One yeah, joke. Give us a joke. Give us a joke that maybe is funny. You did nothing. And it's not like he didn't have time to prepare for this shit. What else is he doing in his life? Besides recording this podcast, he's reliving his fucking glory days. Because I, I have a few clips here where he kind of he walks back. Now he's bitching about Artie, and, like, like quite. I'm so glad you said that, Kevin. I am I am so ready for that. That's all I have is glory days clips. That's what this entire show is about. He just talks about back when he was famous and people gave a shit about it. All right, what do you got? This isn't even this isn't even famous. This is just all right, play track four. This is kind of sets it up. I oh guess. yeah, this is great. I mean, you never really know. I mean, I was getting A's in all my films at NYU, probably the most prestigious film university in America. You could 
some might argue UC, UCLA, some might argue USC. But Yeah, I, I, have a, I have that clip too, and I wrote down proof that he would have made it without Howard Stern, because he's talking about the fact that people think I'm just famous because Howard Stern brought me on a stuttering job, but I was getting A's in college. Like, what is that? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? What the fuck are you talking about? Um, here's him explaining that he does have talent. I know it's hard for some Stern fans to swallow, to think that maybe I do have talent, but I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you, you, you are sorry. You don't. What, that, after he explains that he does have talent because he has to prove himself, right? He goes into these fucking stories that are mind-boggling. And I'm, he's not joking. This is real. And the truth is, uh, I, you know, I, was, I started out uh, like we all did in our elementary school uh, playing the recorder, which is like the fucking flute. And then you go, and then I moved on to trumpet, where I became an all district trumpet player. In second grade, I was playing with the fifth and sixth graders. Uh, I, I I learned how to read music in second grade. But we talking about He's going back to second grade because Artie <laughs> Lake said he wasn't a musician. So he goes back and he goes, "Oh, really, Artie? I'm not a musician. I was playing trumpet with fifth graders when I was in second grade." What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's also this gem too, playing yeah. track five. Okay. You know, and then uh, you know, I was in chorus in all district and had I had a solo every year. <laughs> he had a <laughs> He had a solo every year. I mean, come on. I had a friend was a big baseball player back in high school. All right, it doesn't stop there, Kevin. He then talks about the uh, how he's great at comedy. So, so we all know he's an amazing musician. He played trumpet and read music when he's in second grade. But what about his comedy chops? You know, he's known for being the stand-up comedian now. And he says, well, obviously I have comedy chops. You know, and it's just, you know, for him to say something like that. And, oh, I was never a comedian. Well, well, already I was, you know, I was making comedy films as soon as I got my first Super 8 millimeter camera when I was in freaking fourth grade. And, you know, I was making, I wrote my first sketch in junior high in sixth grade. You know, and we got an A on it. It was called The Smothered Brother. Did Stuttering John just brag about an A he got in sixth grade? He sure did. And he was telling Artie Leg that Artie Leg is wrong about how funny he is. Like, just so you know, Artie, you might think you know comedy. My teacher in sixth grade gave me an A on a film I made. <laughs> Glory days. <laughs> this guy fucking does. <laughs> I made a movie called The Smothered Brother Glory Days. Um, so, so then he goes on to talk about his acting. And apparently, when he was in first grade, he was the best actor. You would think that I'm making up this this setup. But listen, listen to this shit. And he's being serious. I was never an actor. I was, in, I was the star of the show in the little carrot scene. I know it sounds crazy. Why am I defending myself? But in first grade, and it got... It got aired on public television. It got it. They liked it so much, you know. They put it on on TV, and I was in first grade, and I knew all the lines. I would give the other actors their lines in case they forgot while we were on stage. This is insane. 
Kevin, I don't remember anything I did in first grade. Nothing I did in first grade was important or meaningful. Nothing I did in any of my fucking life is important or meaningful, but especially not first grade. (laughs) I was a regular shilly temple. Yeah, I I know that's the the picture this this guy's painting. We are on TV. Public access is not TV. Anyone can put anything on public access. I was picturing that conversation where he's explaining to Artie Lang, who has been in dozens of, of huge movies, that he's an actor because in first grade he knew everyone's lines. And I was just imagining, Kevin, what would it be like if Artie was in the room, maybe Artie and Robin Quivers, and they were having this conversation? How would they respond to that? Why am I defending myself? But in first grade, and it got it got aired on public television. It got it, They liked it so much. <laughs> What a fucking idiot Suttering John is. It's unbelievable. That's a great drop. It should be on everything that we say, too. Well, I, I I could literally picture... Him having that argument against Artie Lang, because I think Artie went through the same thing with uh, Sale, the, Sale the Stockbroker when Sale was trying to pretend that he was a talented comedian. And it's like, are you, what are you, fucking an idiot? You're, no, you're a nobody. <laughs> yeah, he he does this like, well, I mean, we've been talking about it, this fucking name dropping thing. So he yeah. he calls Artie out for name dropping, which is I have his track was seven. You know, and then, I don't know, Norm McDonald and... David Spade. I don't know. Any other names you could drop there, Artie? And then what? Dan Filato, all the Gerdas in his life that keep Judd Apatow and um, Pete Holmes and I don't know. All his Gerdas. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's immediately followed up by his own take, which is uh, track eight. You know, I don't know about. I was never a musician. Well, Joe Walsh didn't think that, Artie. I wrote a song with Joe Walsh. You know, I played with Huey McDonald on my album. He was the bass player on my album. You, oh, for most of the songs. And if you don't know who Huey McDonald is, he's the bass player for Bon Jovi now. Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone magazine seemed to think so, Artie. You fat snort. Yeah, I know. What a fucking idiot! He's like Artie's always name dropping. Well, guess what? I hung out with Joe Walsh. Like John, come on, man. Are you not? He's obviously not listening back to the show, but is he listening to himself while he's talking at all? Is he is he aware? And again, I want to point out this drop off. I wrote a song with Joe Walsh, and then he says, "And this this bass player from Bon Jovi was on my album. It's not even the bass player from Bon Jovi." Like, okay, yeah. that's that's you. It fell pretty far just now. Yeah, even if it was the bass player from, <laughs> I don't know anybody in Bon Jovi except. Bon fucking Jovi. That was the, that's the guy I know in that band. So um, this this is I, how... Well, come on. You know Richie Sambora. All right. Okay. Glory days. <laughs> this is how he wraps this all up. He's having this long conversation about everything that he's accomplished over all of these different years. So here's the, uh, the wrap up. You know, so getting... So yeah, who knows what I could have done. It could have been... <laughs> you would have been a nobody. I know exactly <laughs> what you could have been. And now we find out why he needs to defend himself and why he has to prove himself and go back to all of these past successes that he's had 
in first grade and second grade. But uh, you know, I could t- I could take it with the best of them. Howard goofed to me, Fred goofed to me, Jackie goofed to me, Robin goofed to me. I took it, I took it. You know, I took it for a while when Anthony and Artie were goofing on me. But at some point, you fucking gotta say shut the fuck up. Especially when kids are concerned. Especially when my career is concerned. When fucking Artie's main objective seems to discredit my comedy, which is the way I make a living right now. No, it's not Artie who's discrediting your comedy. It's your comedy that discredits your comedy, John. <laughs> I wish you would have went one bar like or one bit further on that clip because he says comedy, you know, the way I make my living now, yeah. comedy, uh, mostly pensions, though. <laughs> like, I'm like, pensions from what? From fucking The Tonight Show? Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. I happen to know because I've seen John on uh, Anthony Cumia's show when he's talked about this after the fact. He was making like 80 grand a year working for Howard Stern, living in New York City, which is not a good salary. Right. And Jay Leno offered him like a half a million a year. So he he made the move and he was making a half a million dollars a year, which he's lost to his ex-wife. But yeah, when you get that type of uh gig in hollywood you're pretty much set he's got a pension going he's he's gonna be fine but yeah it's like i make my living off of comedy well mostly that job i didn't deserve (laughs) is still paying me (laughs) i do want to wrap up the uh the glory days piece of this review that we're doing he talks about he wants to revive the thing that made him famous in the first place Right now, I'm in the process of raising some money to do the Stuttering John interview show. It's just going to be called Stuttering John Interviews. Dot dot dot. I'm only trying to raise like twenty grand. Because I want to. I'm gonna. I, I need like three camera crews to go on the red carpet. I got to sign up to Celebrity Bulletin again. Find out where all the celebrities are, where they're going to be. Go out there. No one's going to recognize me anymore since this. Uh, Howard Stern day with the long hair and start asking the questions I already uh, talked to one of my Tonight Show buddies and former and um, and partner he, he was a writer on the Tonight Show he was a writer for David Letterman he's gonna also help me write the questions I'll probably get another writer um, from the Tonight Show and we'll craft the questions hopefully as good as Jackie and Fred did and, and I'll go out there and do it again. All right, so he's talking about... Hold on, before I say that, did Bruce Springsteen just say throw that speedball by you? It's called a fastball. Nobody has a speedball. You have a changeup, a curveball, maybe a slider, a speedball? Anyway, <laughs> holy shit, that fucking song. It's garbage. Um, so he's, he's talking about the fact that he's going to revive his his shtick. I'm going to go out there and interview celebrities and ask them ridiculous questions again. Now, Kevin, if you were this amazing person that he's building himself up to be, that you can write jokes and you're hilarious and you've written jokes for all these people, do you really need two writers from The Tonight Show to help you come up with questions for celebrities? Well, not only that, but he said he needs uh, three camera crews for yeah. the red carpet. <laughs> is he talking about this is never gonna happen he should start with one audio engineer for his current podcast (laughs) yeah all right i I want to uh 
switch gears real quick. He gets into the current news and there's a lot of people who have weighed in on this Roseanne Barr thing. You know, you're familiar with this. Well, I got to tell you, I only need one hot take and that is Stuttering John's hot take on this Roseanne Barr situation. What's wrong with you, Roseanne Barr? You can't be disparaging to a woman. But what she, what she, I mean, she tweets that this, a woman from the, what, the Obama administration looks like an, an African-American woman that lo- looks like an ape? Or, I mean, a combination of an ape or something. What is wrong with you, Roseanne? You heard it here first, people. A stuttering John hot minute. He had nothing to say on that. Yeah. You don't have to bring it up. If you have no take on it whatsoever other than, geez, Roseanne, that was dumb. Like, okay, I think we've all established that. I wonder what his hot take is about uh, Donald Trump. Oh, Jesus, do you have that? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> but... either. It got very political for a while. He got yeah. into this whole thing about Republicans and Donald Trump, and I just couldn't give a flying fuck about this guy's political views. He's an idiot. Well, he name drops... Trump a shitload too because he's like he used to call into the Stern show I've been on helicopters with Donald Trump I've uh, been to dinner with Donald Trump I know uh, that he was talking about uh, that kid being retarded he that's his type of humor that's his humor yeah I I've been I've listened to Bruce Springsteen albums with Donald Trump all right I've thrown speedballs by him all right and we... oh, yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he acted like they were best friends. It's like, no, 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 no. You worked for a show that he was a big enough celebrity that he would actually call into the show and get on the air. It, it has nothing to do with you, John. He's a huge talent, man. I mean, shit. I learned a lot about Stuttering John listening to this. I mean, he has a very, very solid background going all the way back to grade two. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, he played the recorder. That's pretty fucking honorable. And I mean, shit. I'm uh I I bow down to this guy now. What I love is that he's putting out this podcast that we could all agree is garbage. It's unlistenable. He he has his his bitterness to start off the show and trying to prove that he's talented. And that's the first thirty minutes. And then he starts reading questions from Twitter. And so he's just answering questions. And one of the questions is, is something like, is the hokey pokey really what it's all about? Like, why are you, do you have nothing else to do? Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so then, why did he pick that tweet? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So then at a certain point, he explains that someday he might create a podcast that's listenable. Uh, I might have news and, well, it looks, well, I don't want to, well, whatever. If that happens, it happens. I might have like a, uh, some uh, a radio type show, uh, an internet radio show, coming out very soon, in like four weeks. So I guess this is the preamble towards that. All right. So I'm just going to give a little bit of advice to to Stuttering John because apparently he doesn't know a lot about the entertainment industry. If you're going to launch something, don't start with the worst possible product you could possibly put out, and then build towards something that might be good down the road. And I love that he says. Yeah, I mean, if it happens, it happens. In four weeks, I might have a really good show. If it happens, it happens. Kevin, when you and I started this show, 
do we just happen to stumble upon one day we were recording ourselves and we had clips of other podcasts like oh shit look at what just happened we just we just started a new podcast making fun of other people's podcasts no you fucking make it happen you fucking retard if you want to have a good podcast and a good show where there's a news person on there and you actually have a format and fucking bits that you're doing then fucking do it don't wait for it to happen to you (laughs) This is the most motivational I've ever heard you. Before. Yeah, I know. I feel like fucking Matt Foley right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? But seriously, though, why is he putting out the worst possible product possible? And then he's going, yeah, in four weeks, I might have a good uh, a good radio show. Oh, oh, you might? I doubt it. Well, I'd be surprised. It sounds to me. Now, I, I've, I obviously don't know. I, Jesus, I'm fucking stuttering. I don't know John Melendez. You know what I mean? I don't know this guy. But it seems like shit's kind of been handed to him. He actually calls that out at one point because I guess uh, Artie used to say that too. Like, you know, he fell into, you know, this successful Stern show. And then he got this, you know, he wasn't a musician and got a record deal. And then he got, you know, the Tonight Show and he wasn't an announcer. So it's like he didn't, he's kind of stumbled into a lot of shit and and been marginally famous for it. Um, And now here he is, you know, trying to scrape together something and is hoping that he'll fall into something again, and it, I don't think it's going to happen, you know? You don't? You don't think it's going to happen, yeah. Kevin? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but uh, he is one of the most talented people who was on The Tonight Show. He talks about all of his contributions. You know, and the segment guys, they had to go out there on the field and come up with bits and you know and and i was all of those i was segment i i you know i I was a monologue guy i i mean you know monologue was not my i didn't i didn't focus on the monologue i was more of coming up and creating a lot of segments and eventually i became a drop-in guy and i was probably the number one cold open guy which was like comedy sketches getting back to my youth Getting back to my youth. He was talking about when he was in sixth grade, he was writing comedy <laughs> sketches. He's like, yeah, then I did it for The Tonight Show, getting back to my youth. But did you hear what he was taking credit for there? He was the fucking Tonight Show announcer. And he's explaining that he was part of the monologue writing. He was doing the bits. He was doing the cold opens. He was writing sketches. And then he explains that, I don't know what a video drop-in is, but... I have two takes on this clip. But, you know, then the the drop-ins, which were the video jokes. That was one of the ones that made Obama laugh at the White House Correspondence Center. We literally, if you saw my reel of drop-ins, you would call Artie a fucking idiot. Because it is well-crafted, well-thought-out jokes in a video sense. And it's it's a niche thing that only, you know... Let's face it, out of the 20 guys on Tonight Show, maybe three or four of us were able to do it. Holy shit. All right. You heard that that clip I just played, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Bring your jaw back up toward, towards your mouth. Uh, all right. Okay. This fucking guy is so delusional. He thinks he's able to write comedy in a way that only a couple of guys who were hired to be writers on The Tonight Show could even figure out, could possibly pull off. And then he's so fucking bitter that he has to make it about Artie Lang. Every single thing he says, he's like, yeah, you know, I used to do this thing that was so great. If you would have seen my reel, yeah, fucking Artie. Yeah, check out my reel, Artie. Like, Artie's not even listening to this. You're not talking to Artie right now. He doesn't care about your podcast. (laughs) Who are you talking to? I, I I love that he pretends he's not bitter. 
Here's another question from uh, DMAC, Killer7566. Why are you so bitter? Well, I am not bitter, DMAC. I'm not bitter. <laughs> Did he just say he's not bitter? That's all he is. That's all the show is. It's, he's fucking bitter. It's amazing. The, the stuttering rebuttal. That's what this show should be called. He's just responding to the things that no one is aware that's even happening. Correct. Um, this is this is a hard one for a lot of fucking reasons about it. It, it it's just it's number one it's not good uh, at any kind of uh measurable scale and it's just it's it's it makes me depressed listening to it because it's like this is a guy who thought he had everything and now doesn't have everything but uh it's just trying to uh it is really it's it's really the fucking song glory days personified it really is that fucking I'm so, song i'm so glad you said that we were on the exact same page it's all i could think of when he was talking about all of his accomplishments and it'd be one thing if he if he was just talking about the tonight show and howard stern like that's all i want to hear about from stuttering john i don't want to hear about the the stand-up show he did at yuck yucks in baltimore right you know i don't care but the fact that he went back to when he was a fucking child or when he was at NYU getting A's on his fucking film tests, I, that was yeah. surprising to me. That was surprising. Uh, I like also going to hear this and be like, oh, oh I, I didn't know that job. Right? He's talked, to Artie. He's talked to Artie so many times. Doesn't he know that this is not a good argument to make? Artie would be crushing it right now. It's so stupid. God, um, I'm sorry, John. I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, in sixth grade you wrote uh, the Smothered Brother. I didn't know that that was you. <laughs> Here's a clip that I have. It's from near the end of the uh, the episode. He just can't help himself to be boring. He talks about something that happened in high school that couldn't be less interesting. You know, it's funny when I was in uh, high school. It was when Reagan was president, and I, and I wrote on the desk like some shit trash and. Ronald Reagan and this guy wrote back to me on the same desk in pencil, you know, you know, you're nothing but a bleeding heart liberal. And I wrote back to him, who the fuck is this? And he wrote back to me, Daryl LaMonica. I knew Daryl LaMonica. He was this fat bastard in like ninth grade. I think I was in 10th. So I said to him, well, I'm Frank Fee. I picked the biggest bully, the tallest, biggest guy that I can think of. I'm Frank Fee and I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Daryl LaMonica never wrote on that desk again. <laughs> That's fascinating. Please go on. What the fuck kind how, of story was that? How big is this desk that you're writing fucking sentences on it? So, I mean, what's the interesting part? I don't understand why he would relay that story where he had to pretend he was someone else to intimidate someone who was just writing on a fucking desk. Is this what we're talking yeah, about I on your podcast? I hope Mark LaMonica is like a fucking huge lawyer right now and heard he just heard these disparaging remarks on a shitty podcast. Well, I, I'm hoping that that's like two or three chapters in his book that I cannot wait to pre-order on Amazon because that sounds uh, another amazing. Day, I wrote on the desk, uh, uh, doesn't the teacher smell? And then somebody wrote back, uh, you smell. And I was like, uh, I, I'm not the one who smells. You're the one who smells. And this, this went on for for months and months until we filled up all the desks inside the classroom. Uh, but then we started writing underneath the desks, you know, where all the gum was and stuff. Uh, is this interesting? <laughs> I mean, it actually is more interesting than what I was just listening to this morning. And it sucks because I'm doing double duty now. I had to listen to 
this um, Stuttering John show, but we're also doing an Opie segment, and I, I should have teased that earlier in the show. We do have an Opie segment coming up. So I'm listening to Stuttering John's god-awful podcast telling stories about nothing, and then I have to switch gears and listen to Opie and Vic Henley and Carl Ruiz, and it's fucking torturous. This is my day off. This is the day I don't go to work, and this is what I'm spending my fucking time with. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm complaining. Hobby. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I'm complaining to you, Kevin. You were smart enough to to walk away. I, I mean, I, yeah. you should not. You should be like, yeah. Well, this is the fucking bed you made. Um. All right. I I do want to put to play you this compilation that is. The Accomplishment Compilation. This is all the shit. Actually, it's not even all the shit. But this is just a quick comp of the things that Stuttering John has done that proves that he's a worthful, meaningful person that we should all be very impressed with. You know, I play pretty good fucking lead guitar on my album if you fucking heard it. Rolling Stones... Rolling Stone magazine seemed to think so hard of you fat snort. I have my class three. I had to take a fucking, I take a road test in a freaking uh, 26, 30 foot truck where I had to parallel park in that bitch. And I was getting A's in all my films at NYU. As far as I'm concerned, I, I think Mike Bolchetti is funny as shit. You know, I've, I've written, I've written some jokes for Mike. I was in chorus in all district and had, I had a solo every year. You know, after you come off the Stern show, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. The Tonight Show, you know, the Criminal Jabaros, the Stephanie Miller Show, Bite Size TV, you're on all these shows. I, I would write sketches and I got to direct the, you know, the likes of Quentin Tarantino. I became an all district trumpet player. It's, uh, but I got to direct Jamie Lee Curtis and Jack Black and Adam Sandler and David Spade. I learned how to read music in second grade, a bunch with Kim Kardashian, a bunch with Charlie Sheen. I mean, we, I, I got to write and direct so many stars. Sophia Vergara, you, uh, Laurie, Terry Bradshaw, like three or four of them, Phil Jackson. Yes, I wrote a lot of jokes for Howard, but, you know, I, I killed it on Anthony. And all the producers and, and directors and staff there always told me how, how well I did. Keith himself and Anthony himself. Holy shit, I'm sorry about the length of that. It is all over the place. <laughs> Could you imagine... If if you did a show where all you do is talk about everything you've ever accomplished, this is kind of like Bobo from Howard Stern talking about the spelling bee that he won and the, the grades he used to get when he was... Like, is Stuttering John now fucking Bobo? <laughs> I, I was hoping you were referring to that Bobo, not the other Bobo from O&A. Well, I, I still love Bobo because that Bobo, the other one, is on Chip's show from time to time, and he is fucking amazing. Yeah. I, it comes the pre- it comes the pre. It comes the pre. Um, during that clip, uh, he refers to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar roast as what I think is the criminal at bar, bar show. <laughs> yeah, I don't can't pronounce criminal, that word shit. Criminal abar show. The criminal Jabbar roast. Um, a couple more clips I want to play, and then we'll, we'll talk about Opie. He talks about the fact that Anthony Cumia is a local DJ and has no right writing his own book. Why would he write a book? He was a DJ in, in New York and Boston. But then he talks about Casey Armstrong. And Casey Armstrong was on the Howard Stern show for a, a minute in the 90s. 
Do you remember Casey on the show? What, what was his thing? He was like a good-looking guy who worked out a lot. He was a good-looking guy that they kept on claiming they thought he was gay. C- Casey was such a bit character on that show. Yeah. He had no... He wasn't an important guy. So this is John. Right after he talks about how Anthony Cumia should not be writing a joke. Anthony from Opie and Anthony. Or should not be writing a book, I should say. He says this. And uh, lastly, what's Casey Armstrong up to? Apparently, Casey's got a book coming out. I forget what it's called, like Amazing People or whatever, but he's got a book coming out, so God bless him. All right, so God bless Casey because he's writing a book. I listen to Howard Stern every single day. I could give three flying fucks about Casey Armstrong's book. There's no way I would possibly want to read that. Well, by that definition, you should write a book because you've listened to Howard Stern's show before. (laughs) All right. I got one more clip on here that is, again, an example of this amazing joke writer who's written jokes for all the greats. The two strokes happened because of I had my cholesterol was through the roof. It was probably higher than Artie's weight. And that's hard to fucking that's hard to that's hard to beat. But he is so pissed at Artie. And Artie Lang is on his deathbed at this point. Have you seen Artie Lang's nose recently? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's bigger than my face. Yeah, he's looking he's looking pretty rough. He looks rough. This uh this stuttering John show is not good. <laughs> it's not a good show. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's not, it's not, fun. not funny. It's not funny. Um anything else you want to talk about with uh with John? Any other clips? No, I mean it just that this is it was depressing, honestly, to yeah. listen to and uh, to to hear like uh I, it's one thing to, you know, brag about all of the bullshit you supposedly have done, but to me, like bragging about writing on the tonight show is not something that I would ever do Uh, (laughs) because the tonight show for Jay Leno's run was a horrific turd. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Oh, I got, he can, he was talking about like, he would get a joke on the monologue and how proud he was. I, I, dare you to go back and listen to those Jay Leno fucking monologues. It's the, they're the worst jokes. They're not even close. They're not even close to funny. I'm not really sure how that show fucking hung around for as long as it did. Um, Well, I don't know. There's this thing, Kevin called the Midwest. There's a (laughs) lot of fucking people there and they have zero sense of humor. They just think that if you're smiling and looking at a camera and you hear applause going on, then it's a funny joke just happened. There was nothing, there was no entertainment value in that show. Yeah, I don't, and you know, I, that's kind of my opinion of, of Leno anyway, but, you know, people are like, oh, you know, he's edgier in his, in his stand-up or whatever, and this was kind of a milk toast way of doing shit on, on TV and stuff, but... I oof, I don't know. I, you know. Not that I'm a huge fan of uh, Fallon or anything either, because I don't really think that it's it's ever really been that great of a show. Uh, I'm talking about the Tonight, t- tonight Show uh, particularly, but I would never claim that I was like this star writer on the Tonight Show because it's not generally known as like the biggest fucking, you know, the Carol. It's not the Carol Burnett show, a fucking late night show. You well, know what I'm saying? well, you know, again. John Melendez is a talentless hack who, for him, that's an amazing accomplishment. He overachieved in life. It's wildly impressive that this stuttering buffoon 
was able to be this big character on Howard Stern's show and then uh, an announcer on The Tonight Show. It's remarkable. But the sad thing is that it's, it's left him delusional and bitter. And that, that's what's sad about this whole thing. That's why right, it's depressing right. to listen to his show. Because you listen to it and you go, oh, this is a guy who thinks highly of himself. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't <laughs> think so highly of himself. All right, speaking of thinking highly of yourself, I want to talk about uh, OP Radio. I, I teased last week that we're going to do an OP Radio segment on our show from now on. It's just too much fun. I listened to episode 12 called Day Drinking the Divorce. Kevin, did you listen to any of uh, Opie's show? I got a little bit into this, and I got a few things that I, that irked me. Well, I have a lot of fucking things that irked me okay. about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I get the feeling that this is not a it, – it wasn't recorded in a bar. It was. Like, maybe they just – no, 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 okay. no, no. These, they... guys, these guys are in a bar again. Again, it's a different bar than the other one that we did, but they're back in a bar recording a podcast. Did so they you, interact did you, did you with think anyone? Because I didn't listen far Did you enough. think it was theater of the mind? I mean, they were bringing out the uh, the seafood tray and everything. Yeah, I got the vibe that maybe they were just fucking piping in like ambient noise. Like, oh, we're in a bar. Uh, you know, like this is uh, how cool are we? A bunch of guys in a bar day drinking. We're you know, 55 year old men and we're day drinking. <laughs> Vic Henley wishes he was a 55 year old man. <laughs> All right. Here is I, I, I'll break down a couple parts of this show, starting off with they're on Westwood One. And Westwood One does not understand this medium at all. They don't get podcasting. So they're still doing the fucking cheesiest of cheesy radio intros. Grab yourself a beer, martini, or choose your poison. Because you're about to hear an episode unlike any episode you've heard before. (laughs) Disregard the previous suggestion if you happen to be driving. And now, the Westwood One Podcast Network presents Day Drinking on Opie Radio. This fucking guy is really going to get drunk? Jesus. Fucking horrible. (laughs) Is this before or after the... uh the impression there yeah, that uh, I didn't even I, I didn't even pull that I, I assume Pollock? it's Kevin Pollock I don't Pollock. I don't even know if it was or not I don't think it was uh, Jay Moore because I think his is no, his, his a is better impression better. no yeah you're right the, the very intro was Kevin Pollock doing uh what's his name Christopher Walken Christopher it, was, Walken. it was a Christopher Walken yeah drop it was terrible movie. and then it goes into this overly produced radio bit that I think is having a laugh about driving while intoxicated uh, who, knows, who knows? Weird, <laughs> kind of weird, but it's just this overly produced radio bit or radio segment or whatever that is that is such a turnoff to people these days. Like that's not something you want to hear. Um, all right, so then Carl Ruiz is on the show, and Carl Ruiz was not on the podcast that we reviewed last time. Carl the Chef, Chef Carl, he is now becoming a big star. Because he's on the Food Network on who knows what, doing who knows what. And <laughs> this is uh, him talking about what a big star he is and, and how professional he is. And then Carl, being Carl, did the double hot pepper and fried oyster. 
Because I'm a professional. If you've seen me on the Food Network, Wednesdays and Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time, I dipped my fried chicken in honey. And man, I got to tell you, that was delicious. I didn't edit that. That's exactly how the show sounds. So he says, I'm on Food Network, Wednesdays and Sundays. And they all just start laughing uncontrollably. I don't know why. And then Opie chimes in with, I just dipped fried chicken in honey and it's delicious. It seemed wildly awkward that they're all laughing about Carl's plug and then Opie just chimes in with that. And it was a weird thing to say, too, because when I was a, a kid, like a, a young little kid, I would get chicken nuggets and dip them in honey. That's what children do. He's acting like it's a delicacy that he just discovered. He's putting fried chicken in honey? When I was in second grade, I, uh, I I took chicken nuggets, I dipped them in honey. I got an A in that class in lunch. Could you imagine stuttering John and Opie in a room together trying to be entertaining? Holy fuck. Okay, so here's the main thing that I want to talk about with this episode of The Opie Show. He finally starts to talk about something that is kind of interesting. After he got fired from SiriusXM last summer, he went through some shit. And he had to deal with that. And I can imagine that was probably rough. He's been out of work for a long time. So he talks about how he had to hire a shaman to to come to his house to help him out. You really need to have a shaman come to your house after everything you've been through. And I had a full-fledged shaman. Through? Really? What have you been through? Well, just uh, all the backstabbing. Nothing! <laughs> you son of a bitch! How about the backstabbing? Okay, all right. There's some... How about the backstabbing? Oh, you're right. Okay, I forgot about that. How about the people turning on me after I showed them a great life? Interesting. Hmm. So Opie's bitter because there were backstabbers, people who turned on him after he made them famous. He... Opie is this guy who made people who didn't deserve to be famous... Wait, this is <laughs> this seems like a theme on this show. He turned these people who didn't deserve to be famous and, and gave them a great life, and then they turned on him. And I, I'm thinking, well, this could be a lot of different people, right, that he's talking about? Right, right. All right, so he's talking about the shaman comes to his house, and he does this meditation exercise where the shaman is shooting arrows at his enemies. So this is a little bit later in the podcast... They reveal who this backstabber is. Did the arrow miss and go through arrow, through uh, Roland's cupcake? Because everyone's still alive. <laughs> okay. Interesting. The backstabber was Roland. Now, anyone who's listening to the show who's into ONA Universe knows what this means. Roland is the guy that Opie was taking pictures of shitting at SiriusXM who went to HR and said, I have this guy putting his phone over the top of the stall and taking pictures of me while I'm shitting. And HR went, that's pretty unacceptable. And then he got fired. (laughs) Opie's pissed Uh. at that guy? (laughs) Why are you taking pictures of him shitting, you idiot? That's wildly illegal to do and certainly unacceptable in a workplace. Is he fucking serious? He's fucking delusional. He said that that's another <laughs> theme on this show today. It's fucking people are delusional. Uh, do you remember when uh, when Opie was bragging about how he used to take a shit in the ocean? 
No, I don't remember you, that. God, you don't remember no, that? No, no. There was a point where he was like, I went I went down to Bra, I went down to the to North Carolina, and I took a shit in the water, and Opie, or uh, fucking Jim and, and Anthony are like, why would you do that? Why not just, like, go to the bathroom? Oh, yeah, well, I was in the water, you know? Yeah, why would you do that? That doesn't sound like a good idea at all. It doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, it's 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 fucking disgusting. If that's actually what happened, but Kevin, I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't believe any of his stories. But Kevin, <laughs> like, I like to shit while I'm sitting on a toilet with no one taking my picture. But that's just me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on this. I just thought that was unbelievable that he's talking about the backstabbers. And I could I could probably list all the people that he thinks has stabbed him in the back because everyone's talking shit about this guy because Opie was a shitty coworker. He treated everyone like garbage. Anyway, right, right. All right. We've, we've already covered that. Let's move on. Let's move on to the new things. So he talks about the shaman that he hired. A shaman came to my house. Legit. Okay. I'm listening. With tribal drums. African or uh, American Indian? Shaman. American Indian. Native. Native American. Native American. Shaman. shaman. Yes. Dreamcatcher in his hair. All that shit. Okay. Brilliant back and forth with these two. So this now, I'm going to get into a series of clips that introduces what I really want to talk about. And I snorted stuff. No. Yeah. I, I don't really want to tell the full story here. I'm just giving little little uh, pieces. But I snorted something, and I'm like, I've never done heroin, but I'm not sure if I just snorted heroin. Okay, so the shaman shows up at his house, and they're doing all these meditation exercises, whatever fucking nonsense. And then he snorts some type of plant, he says. And now he's concerned that he just did heroin. Do you remember this part, Kevin? Yes, I do. Okay. What is so ridiculous about this is that he goes on and on about how he thinks he might have done heroin, and he explains what he went through. Things like this. My body was on fire. You ever do heroin? No. Okay. So he's asking, have you ever done heroin? Because my body was on fire. Is that is that normal? And then um, Carl knows a little bit about this, so he asked him this question. You did not do heroin. If you did, did you get itchy and scratchy? No, my whole body heated up, though. And it was on fire. I was like... Okay, so Carl's like, did you get itchy and scratchy? No, no, not not that. My body heated up. Okay, so we're trying to figure out if you did heroin or not. There are very specific things that happened to you after you've done heroin. And Opie still does not understand. Let's just put it this way. I was super alert. I was super alert. I was aware of every inch of my body. Okay. Kevin, I've never done heroin. I assume you haven't either? I I have not. Okay. What I know about heroin is it it doesn't make you super alert. I've seen the Pulp Fiction uh, scene where John Travolta shoots up and then drives around in his car. He doesn't look super alert in that scene. He looks like he's kind of dozing off a little bit. Maybe he's mellow and relaxed. This fucking idiot, Opie, is going, I think I might have done heroin. My body was on fire. I was alert. Like, that's the opposite things. Heroin makes you numb. It makes it so you're t- you're just fucking out of it. You feel great, euphoric. This guy's explaining the exact opposite of all this shit. And of course, he doesn't want to talk about it too much in depth because he's teasing this for a future episode. So I, I want to do like a full episode. I want to do a full episode on the shaman coming to my Upper West Side apartment. Vic, he told me, he's like, I think I did heroin. I'm like, do you still have your apartment? He goes, yeah. I'm like, you didn't do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was quite the experience, though. Holy shit. He milks this for as long as he possibly can, this story. 
And then he's a terrible storyteller. And I'm going to play you this clip and I'll explain why this is not a good story. And again, he does the the high pitch Opie voice, which I think I've done like 18 times today. So I know, I know I'm a hypocrite. I get it, but uh, enjoy. Uh, I was too worried uh, whether or not I did heroin or not to worry about all that other stuff. I'm like, this is this guy a drug dealer? He's just this is how he like turns people on to fucking heroin. And now I'm gonna be now he's gonna be my dealer for the next 20 years. Okay, everything that Opie says is very fake and superficial. So he's trying to. You know, oh my gosh, what happened to me? He had me sort this thing. Am I going to be addicted to heroin and now he's my drug dealer? First off, are we to believe that this multimillionaire has an unvetted potential drug dealer up to his spacious apartment to dose him? Do you think that he maybe did a little bit of research and and probably talked to his other snobby multimillionaire friends about this person and what they're doing? Are we to believe that he found this guy on Craigslist? Is this even a plausible story in Opie's world? No, this is just all bullshit to make him sound like he's got something going on. Kevin, the one thing that I was excited about, because I've listened to a lot of Opie podcasting, in my opinion, more than I'd like to. And the thing I haven't heard yet is any type of format. And you know how we feel on this on WATP. We prefer that you have some type of format to your podcast. You don't just set up a, a couple of microphones and just start talking. It's not good. Right. So finally, he gets to a segment, and I was so excited. Uh, why don't we get right into it with our segment that we call Weird News, okay? Some are honest, underrated stories that are very strange. Weird News. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Kevin. That was Scorch. <laughs> that was Scorch. I have to give credit to the people on Twitter who kept tweeting me like, Opie has become Scorch. I spent hours last night watching old Scorch videos, and it's <laughs> fucking amazing. Opie has literally become Scorch. This is Opie describing Opie, I call this bit. This is a segment from the old ONA show where they're listening to Scorch, and Scorch is now broadcasting from a restaurant, a bar restaurant, and Opie's explaining exactly what Opie is now doing. Oh, man, welcome yeah, to Scorch's PFG TV to all of the viewers in the whole PFG TV network. See, we can't even say this station or this station anymore because we're... I love that he has no <laughs> idea that this is not working. He he's not faking this. No, in his not. mind, he is as big as fucking Conan O'Brien and Letterman and Leto and the rest of them. Is that amazing? Oh, because I love that he doesn't understand this is not working. It's like, holy shit. He really has become Scorch. I never really thought of it that way. Dude, listen, listen to this quick segment I pulled where Scorch is trying to, to spin the fact that they used to be in a studio and now they're broadcasting from a restaurant. And it's the exact thing that happened on the Opie show that I reviewed a couple of weeks ago. It's unbelievable. Uh, we got Scorch talking about how great his new venue is, which is this crappy bar. Yeah, you know, you said that he always tends to look on the positive. Oh, boy, does he. he pra- we can I th- learn from Scorch as I th- far as looking at the positive. I think I Scorch is one of those guys who practices the secret and power positive thinking yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that yeah, and yeah, puts yeah. himself where he wants. He visualized himself in this pub. Oh, yeah. A right. bad, if something bad happens, he doesn't even see it that way. Nothing bad ever happened. around, it's good. 
Uh, before we get into our next segment, I want to talk about we we taped the show now. This is the living room. We felt so genericized, if you can use that word. Everything was so generic and is sterile. It? Okay. You know what I mean? Everything was so, you know what I mean? I mean, the TV studios were nice, mind you. I'm not going to say the TV studios weren't nice. But you know what? We came into this place. We tape at Michael's Pub. It's on uh, 113 in Tingsboro, Massachusetts. Tingsboro. It's 147 yeah. Frost uh, Road. Television City. Uh, Michael's yeah. Pub actually <laughs> set aside a special a place just for Burbank. us. Scorch is literally describing <laughs> exactly what Opie is doing now. If you remember from the Opie radio show we did before, he's like, yeah, we're at this uh, bar on uh, 52nd Street uh, on the Upper West Side. Like, w- wait, what? The, <laughs> you used to be in a studio in a building. And you're uh, the ex- other part I like about that is that uh, they talk about like Anthony piped in or, or, or uh, Sam piped in was like, uh, yeah, he, you know, he reads the secret and he's into all these new age things. <laughs> and yep. fucking, he was just talking about goddamn shaman. Coming <laughs> to his fucking he is fucking Scorch. Really Opie has shaman. become Scorch. It's unbelievable. He's always talking about the numbers. So Scorch is on there going, yeah, I can't even talk about what, what station we're on now where we have all these affiliates. Opie, even in this show that we just listened to, Kevin, is talking about Westwood One's really happy with the numbers. I was showing Carl our download numbers. The numbers are huge. Like, I don't believe you. If Highly rated shows never talk about the numbers. They don't have to. Right, yeah, it speaks for itself. Do you think he's, do you think he's getting paid to do this show? podcast opie yeah did i don't know if you heard anthony's take on it but anthony was positive that he was not getting paid for it because opie's not selling any advertising there's no there's no revenue model here so do you think i'm trying to like get inside opie's mind like do you think he's doing this to like i I'm like, i gotta keep myself relevant i gotta i gotta keep my name out there so people don't forget about me is that do you think what he's trying to do with this? Well, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me because Westwood One is a legitimate company that has hired him. If you go to Westwood One, I don't know if it's westwoodone.com or their podcast site, it's got Jim Rome. It's got uh, a couple, I, I'm drawing a blank, but it's got a couple of famous people. And Opie mm-hmm. is in that mix of people that are going through. And I'm like, well, I, I know that Jim Rome definitely is not doing something for free. And I know that... Uh, it's Jericho is one of the people on there. Uh, I know Jericho is not doing something for free, so they must be paying him something. But I don't, I don't know how or why he's not generating yeah. any revenue for the company. Oof. This is so fucking cringy. This <laughs> whole fucking thing, though. There was a uh, there was a drop from the Scorch segment that Jim Norton had that I just thought was perfect for future Opie shows. And this fucking joke blocker. (laughs) He was describing Scorch and it's so perfect. And this fucking joke blocker. The other thing that Scorch does is he never has a joke. So if he hears something that he thinks is interesting or funny, he just amplifies it. And I, I wasn't able to find that exact segment because I was watching hours of this last night and I saw that. But then listen to this Opie show that we just listened to. And um, Vic Henley talks about how he's, his teeth are fucked up. And just this is Opie's joke. It breaks all the time. It, bra- it breaks every two years because I grind my teeth and I don't wear my mouth guard at night. You have a mouth guard? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you have a mouth guard? 
Like that, wait, wait, he just said he had a mouth guard. He just said he wears a mouth guard. You have a mouth guard? That, that's your joke? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, it. It's so tough. Oh, it's so fucking hard to listen to. It's so it's hard, so but you know what? There was a time when Opie was on Opie and Anthony. <laughs> All right. This is Ooh. this is going long. Alert the affiliates. We're going long this week. Um, yeah. I, you got to make sure you get them your numbers though, you know. Get your numbers you up there. Get your numbers uh, up. Kevin, we've we've talked about stuttering John. We've talked about OP radio. There's probably other things we could be talking about, but I feel like it's time for the teaser. All right, this is the part of the show where we tease the podcast that we'll be reviewing next week. I'll be playing a quick segment from that podcast to get everyone excited about next week's WATP. Uh, Kevin, you're familiar with this part. A little bit, a yeah, little bit. I'd All say. Right. Good. Well, uh, here we go. You're, the people in your life went apes bananas pardon my profanity but they went nuts for the last thing we did together where we just kind of recorded at your house and yeah i i, I got a lot of responses i don't know if they necessarily yeah. went nuts perhaps they were just all being right. kind and all just, right mr per, branding per, perhaps they were being uh uh um nice and and you know to, to an old man giving him <laughs> oh that was such a good podcast you look at the old man doing the podcast it's like a record of radio this podcast <laughs> is that how it functions mr westfall this is a podcast called Papa's Basement, episode 568, 568, Depression and Anthony Bourdain's Suicide with Sean Westfall. This was a suggestion that came in over Twitter from Brian Bolte. Um, I think that Brian might be the host of the show, although I'm not positive. <laughs> His face I looked very similar to the face of the host of the show. <laughs> yeah. I love when, when fucking people like tweet you and be like, oh, you should check out our show, man. You know, and then it just becomes a fucking shit fest when you actually get a hold of it. Well, the, the funny part is, is that the tweet that came over was, yeah, it's, it's all it's all fun and good that you did Opie show. That show sucks. You should do a good show. Do Papa's <laughs> Basement. And I don't think it was sarcastic or trying to be funny. It was like, now, now do a good show. And then I'm looking at the guy who sent that to me and I'm looking at the, the picture of the host on their website and I'm like, I think this might be the same guy who's declaring that this is a good show. So, okay. And it's I been around a really this long time. This is what has happened on WATP. Yeah. That it's just become people submitting shit to you. Oh, it's out of control. We have, we have a, <laughs> I've said this before, but we have a fucking backlog of shows. And it's tough because I've talked to people like the, the uh, Poe Boys podcast, uh, obviously our buddy Doug at Who's Right have told me we like it when you do the indie podcast it's way more entertaining now recently we've been doing a lot of big shows howard stern opie radio stuttering, stuttering job. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a huge show yeah big show um and and i think that's a lot of fun too because here is a show that should be good and isn't for a lot of different reasons whereas these other shows shouldn't be good and aren't so it's tough, you know, it, it's, it's a weird balance of trying to figure out how far down to punch 
in certain aspects because I get these shows people suggest they're like, hey, this is my show. It really sucks. I'd love if you guys shit on it. And it's like, well, we could, but I don't know. I think I've covered most of the things that suck about shitty podcasts at this point. Yeah, if, I don't know how you keep doing it, <laughs> but you're doing a good job. God oh, damn thanks. It. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. It's like it's like my mom complimenting me. Wait, did I just do a stuttering John joke? <laughs> Holy shit. I think you did. Oh, go fuck Oof. yourself. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Kevin, thanks, thanks a lot for uh, joining us on the show this week. It's been a lot of fun talking to you again. Do you uh, do you have anything you want to plug? No, I absolutely nothing going on in my life right now. Existing. All right, please join us again next week because it might be the episode where we find out once and for all who are these podcasts. Sleep well, every pony. Parting in the mush pits of morning radio. Charismatic. Your wife had vagina stitches in her. Fuck you. I know, I know you're not supposed to explain it, Joe. I don't get it. Who are these podcasts? Uh, you know, who are these podcasts? I don't know. I don't get it. Makes no sense. But all we talking about well, feel free to cut a lot of that out. I was, uh, I don't know, off topic on half of uh, what I was talking about, but uh, not more than usual. Yeah. Hopefully there's some salvageable <laughs> stuff. I think so. I think so. I, uh, what else did I? Oh, I had I had this uh, clip that we didn't get to. You know, that's the one bad thing about being famous for something, especially something as cultish as the Stuttering John thing was. You do get pigeonholed, uh, you know, typecast into that role, and that's the one downside. So I love that he he thinks he's pigeonholed because of the character you played on Stern, not because he has no talent. Right, right. Uh, yeah, the that, thing that pigeonholes you back. is your lack of talent <laughs> or resourcefulness. Pigeonholed. <laughs> They'll pass you by, pigeonholed. <laughs> like Anthony could say, you know, my stand-up wasn't funny or whatever, or what, even though he's laughing his ass off. And my brother knows his laugh because he was a Opie and Anthony fan, and, and I saw Anthony laughing his ass off. It's just it's such a lie. Is that fucking hilarious? He goes, Anthony came to my stand-up show... And my brother heard him laughing, and, and I and I saw him laughing. Like, okay, whatever. What? How how bad has this gotten for you in life that you have to prove that Anthony Kubia laughed at a joke you told while you were on stage? Right. Yeah. That that is holy shit. Coming, you know, and like you know, the little bit that I actually know about stand up, that is like, <laughs> oof, that is a real reach. Like you have, that's the type of approval that you need, that you have to like watch to see if someone you whatever admire is laughing at one fucking joke or that, could, that you've told. Could you imagine if someone came to your stand-up show, Kevin, and then afterwards you're talking to them, you're like, yeah, I saw, I saw you laughing at uh, the Chuck E. Cheese joke. 
and you also yeah. laughed at the like how uncomfortable is that like yeah. wait, wait wait are you are you keeping a scorecard on stage with you <laughs> what's got what's got you laughing <laughs> what's got you laughing there <laughs> that's only <laughs> that's fucking, exactly it. fucking stuttering john what is wrong with you <laughs>